Hi, I'm John. And I'm Gallon. And I'm Curly's Nicely Manicured Pubes. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. All of a sudden, this woman, you know, the big dark glasses and the Bloomingdale bags, she starts walking right through the ropes and I yell down at her, hey, you can't go there, you stupid bitch. And suddenly, this big steam fit and burst, and this enormous goddamn crane crashes right down in her legs. And she's screaming, my legs, my legs. And I say, no shit, your legs. You got a 2,000 pound goddamn crane on him. <laughs> Cue the theme song. I'm late. What? I missed my period. Oops. What? Don't let it happen again. That's my phone. Yeah, raise it. That's right. Not having sex for 12 years will do that to a person. This man owes you an apology. I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. Not you. Him. Him, of course. I'm calling! Go ahead, call him! I'm sure he's home! It's his night to meet with the other escape Nazis! I hate you! I hate you more! If hate were people, I'd beat China! I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything by that. I crap bigger than you. Alright. We're going back, back, back. 1991. We got a comedy. Is it a Western? Maybe. It's got Billy Crystal. It's got horses. It's got some cowboy hats and curly. It's city slickers. Could you not tell from that speech at the start? Uh, Directed by Mr. Ron Underwood. Kind of conceptualized by Billy Crystal. We can talk more about that in a bit. We had Billy Crystal, uh, Daniel Stern, Bruno Kirby, uh, Helen Slater, Jack Palance. Some other faces you'd probably recognize and names I know I am missing. Um, So I'm sorry, folks. We'll get back to you maybe at some point. But basically, we got three guys... One of the guys is kind of a, a adrenaline junkie, so he likes to drag his friends along to these crazy things. And as they're approaching their 40s, they start to have their midlife crises in several forms. And uh, they end up deciding to go on a trip together, which is their annual thing to do. And they rustling cattle going from New Mexico to Colorado. Oh, yeah. And they kind of have their discovery and bonding along the way. City Slickers. Ah. Jack Palance won an Oscar for his role as Curly. How about that? How this has to be on a short list of movies like um, the one with Ralph Macchio, uh, My Cousin Vinny, where uh, Marissa Tomei won an Oscar for a supporting role in a comedic film. This with Jack Palance in his supporting role. Um, I will say yeah. that watching the movie now, like, all these years later and forgetting that he won the Academy Award for this. Uh, I, you got to think who the fuck was nominated that year that he won. Well, yeah. this I'll tell was you. not a strong performance. Uh, it was Jack Pounce for City Slickers, Tommy Lee Jones uh, in JFK, Harvey Keitel in Bugsy, Ben Kingsley in Bugsy, and Michael Lerner for Barton Fink. Seriously, mm. holy fuck! I feel like uh, this is still a weird pick. Yeah, it's a very weird pick. It's even a weird pick. He's nominated amongst those people on those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he uh, fucking win? This is, must have been back <laughs> when they were slipping. They started slipping. This is when they started. This was the decline of of the. They're just like, oh, it was a comedy, and everyone laughed, and he's old. It's just like let's give him a <laughs> nomination. 
Fucking weird. And they did who one was arm the first push-ups? Who was the first one again, Brand? <clears throat> the first of Tommy Lee Jones and JFK. Yeah, he should have won. Shot out, out of all of the ones, he is that pretty he said, crazy in that. Yeah, a million times better than this. I'm a million times better. His performance in that like destroys this. There Best are, actor good, this year. There is some Anthony good performance Hawkins. for Silence of the Lambs. You bet. Yeah, he deserves that. Against De Niro and but, Cape Fear <clears throat> and fucking Nolte and Prince of Tides and, and Robin he's in Williams the movie and Fisher for like King. Ten, mo- 10 minutes. Oh, man. He beat Robin Williams and Fisher King. Wow. Yeah. Those mm. two had to be the tops, right? Fishing, Fisher King's yeah. the... Williams and Hopkins? Well, Fuck. I mean, like... Yeah. I love I love talking about award-winning movies, but unfortunately, we got to talk about City Slickers. So, oh, come on. Uh, um, so the... the this movie um, starts out with the friends in Spain doing the running of the bulls. And um, so you si, get some initial. Si. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. See, <laughs> so we, we immediately get set up that Billy Crystal's like a little bit nervous, isn't comfortable doing this. Whereas his two buddies, you know, I think face their fears. I don't know if they face them more than Billy. But anyway, we learn a little bit through the visit with the doctor of of um, more of Billy's reluctance to be doing this kind of thing anymore. And then we dive into some scenes around Billy's life. Actually, no, we're leaving the country at that point. And the guys, um, we get to meet everybody's kind of family, don't we? Yeah, yes, the wives and the girlfriends and stuff. Yeah. I think one thing that struck me was that um, we learn quite a bit about everybody in the Spain trip. And... Um, uh, like we learned that uh, Daniel Stern's wife is is very controlling, and that um, Bruno Kirby and and his wife are like young and and flashy and ought to have a good time, and that Mitch's wife is is I don't know fairly in the middle of all that. So then it seems uh, it seemed a little bit excessive as this movie was trying to get rolling that we then had to have more time developing out these characters with their families. Yeah, it really should have skipped ahead really quickly the the uh end of the first act is what should have been the inciting incident that's kind yeah that's so they should have cut off like 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 10 or 15 minutes of the first act and turn that into that so so tell folks there's so much stuff in the beginning where it's showing that mitch is not happy with his life mitch is getting older mitch isn't getting good things at work mitch isn't getting good things at home it's just like Mitch. Mitch is Matt. Mitch is sad. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's just like fucking twenty minutes of that. So <laughs> bad. You know that, like in the first scene when he's talking about not doing it anymore and stuff like that, and then on the plane. So I was just gonna say, Colin, like the end of the first act is when Mitch's wife tells him to go, and he and they go, right? Yeah. So absolutely, that should have been happening at like the ten minute mark. Because that's yeah. what moves everything forward. And well, and then the end of the first act would be when they go out on the on the full adventure, like the that part where they learn, they show up, they meet everybody. That's still all part of the first act because that's setting up again. And then act two starts <laughs> when they like go on the trail. That's what it should have been. And then the movie would have been the movie's so slow, and the first half an hour is slow for a comedy. Fucking yeah. slow. It takes a long time for them to get out there on on horseback. Just yeah, that's not a lot's lot happening. Movie. There's nothing happening. Just like it took us a long time to get going with this episode. Ah, very yeah, good. exactly. We had a short conversation about the Oscars that year. I feel like that's a 
a fine fucking deviation for a show that talks about movies, goddamn. Here, here. Um Okay, what so you guys we, think of the characters? What do you think of the the ice cream guy? Like who did you like and who didn't you like? Okay, um yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I like all the customers and I hate all the ranch people except for like the owner, the big big bubba and his uh tobacco spitting wife. Right. She could spit for sure. But um the other two farm hands, whatever those guys are, who are instantly like so over the top inappropriate. Yeah, they're like, you know what we, how we've been working in this this field for so long, we like we like sexually assault women as soon as we see them. That's how yeah. we're in the customer relation. Are the what do you call it in the, the tourism industry? They must have been brand new, or they never had a woman on that fucking ride before, because those guys were instantly like creepy, criminal. See, that's interesting because um, they stand up to Curly at the start, too. And if they knew anything about Curly, they wouldn't try and stand up to him. But instead, the dude almost takes a very dangerous knife throw in the nuts. Imagine the customers all seeing that. A guy catch a, a big blade in the testicles. Ah, I was off because I eat bacon every day. You got to feel good about that. He's on your side. <laughs> that's I the do. problem, too, with the humor is the humor is too much. The j- same jokes about the same things. They like mm. they just there. There's not enough variety in the jokes. It's just always just like each character has a cliche that they just keep hitting home throughout the movie that never really goes away. Like the guy whose wife treats him like a piece of shit, and uh, he slept with the girl and the thing. It's just he slept so, with Maggie. You really or, detailed uh, that. It's just Lisa. So, he slept, just with, so, slept with Lisa. With Lisa Simpson. Simpson. It's just so weird. Um, the way yeah, that. I, this story doesn't really develop. I'm trying to think. Like the three main characters all all kind of have arcs. They do, yeah. but that's what I mean is it doesn't feel like they don't feel earned. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I know the other characters, the background characters, they are all pretty one note. Yeah. They're just kind of there as window dressing. They're all their stereotypes. Yeah. With nothing new in them. Yeah, yeah I guess. There's nothing yeah. new. And maybe these were the first ones that brought yeah, nothing new. Yeah, this is like 90. There is nothing yeah. new. And I guess there's uh, we were talking about this when we were watching it too, like the the character Cookie, like he's he's the kind of rude drunk cook and then they have the big incident with them and he goes back to the ranch at the end and he's like, oh, "I'm just hanging out here, no problem." <laughs> so well, like what what the, the, that's, that's I don't know. Yeah, that he seems, kills two of their horses, <laughs> runs yeah. all the fucking tents over destroys most of the food and water and you have like paying customers out there so this is like a fucking nightmare and then when they get back no problem everything's forgiven he must have some dirt on those fucking ranch owners because they were like that's fucking cookie you know every trail he gets fucking loaded and just about kills somebody I have suspected to see those two fucking date rapists on either side of them with their arms around him or something like that right like, yeah. they were like, what? These guys aren't too bad. Did they actually <laughs> rape or kill anybody? <laughs> no, they just tried and they failed miserably. Yeah, the scene where they come on to the only female guest um, is, like, so so over the top. It would have worked for the first little bit. Um, but then when they, like, kind of push her behind them and step in front and then start getting really aggressive with the other yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, that was super weird. 
Plus, when they stood in front of her, what would have stopped her from just walking, backing up one step and then walking around them? There's like, she wasn't backed into a corner. I get the impression they would shuffle. They look like they, shufflers. Yeah. I guess they, they, they had the capability to like shuffle. They also they were threatening her, so she didn't want to like, as like a lot of women in those terrifying situations do, she was like, oh my God, these guys are fucking like, could do like terrible things to me and I'm freezing. Yeah, like, they're that's obviously what I saw her eyes. They're yeah, obviously I saw psychos, her eyes and they're like big. terror. Yeah, they're Oat like in big, the field. imposing guys. Oat when they're camping, absolutely. But I think right there with like half the customers 10 feet away and the owner is probably not too much farther than that. She could have just yeah. stepped back and walk around. I mean, no but blaming here. That was so freaky. If you, if you look so behind, freaky. she's not actually like terrified and cowering. She actually laughs at Billy Crystal's jokes and almost tries to step forward when they won't let her. But I mean, Until like, they block like, her and then she, she must be terrified. from a small town. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I mean, after that, and then when, when what's his name dies, and then he's like, yeah, those guys, uh, they look pretty professional because one of them's like, hey, let's, let's do this. And he's like, oh, they're all good. They tried to rape you earlier, but I think they're okay now. What the fuck yeah. is with that? See, that's where the one-sidedness, those guys are basically, they're not the, I guess, the main antagonists. Well, maybe they kind of, I don't know. They aren't. Really? They are the There's, main antagonists, and then like it's it's man versus they nature. They can't be. They're barely the in the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, just it's man times. versus nature is what it yeah. is. It's yeah. just so the it, story. I get like they're one note, and that's not great. The other characters being one note, the supporting ones. I don't need them to really do a lot because like really we have three main characters. Well, one main character with two like close supporting. So. I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I don't really need those sub characters to have tons of depth. But no. it's still it certainly didn't improve the, the watching experience um, much. They don't need to be in there much. Like, I don't think that they need to be any more in there, but they don't need to be as overboard, I think, for us to get the idea. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That first that first um, that first interaction, like somebody would have went to them and been like, are you aware that these guys are like this? And then they would have been removed from the trip because there's nobody going on a fucking two-week ride with just Curly standing in between you and these two fucking criminals. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's I feel true. like that's a whole showstopper <laughs> with the way they act. It well, is. It's so over the top now watching it. I, I never... It's so weird how it... Like, I, you know what? It always bothered me. Back in even 93, I was just like, oh, I don't think they should go on this trip with these people. Yeah, it always 90, bothered me. Ninety-one, by the way, ninety-three. Yeah, I think 91. was Curly's gold. Yeah, oh. it even it's even strange uh, at the very end when they get in and the the rancher's like, "I'm I'm refunding your money," and the woman's like, "What?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, and fucking, you're gonna talk to my lawyer real soon." You, and <laughs> like you, you obviously have insurance for exactly this kind of thing, and I'm going to get paid. Yeah. I would be stoked to make it out of that situation and have him be like, uh-huh, "Great gobs of goose shit." I'd be like, like I not buried a guy enough. on this trip. What the goddamn? You and horses. Money back? Yeah, like I'm getting paid now. Plus, we brought your herd home, so I want like twenty percent of your sale price. Yeah. Um. Okay, so maybe I'll say something nice about this movie because we started off on this a little harsh, and we don't all know right, how movies true. that don't have good structure hold up on hold up. Um. And the structure in this is pretty abysmal. I I will say that there I don't hate all this movie. There are funny scenes, and Billy Crystal especially has some fairly decent heartfelt stuff at times. A little bit like 
the way maybe not heartfelt isn't the right word but like um though that scene where he walks up and tries to save bonnie from the two idiots is like crazy from how ridiculous they're acting the way he goes in with his humor and then deflects and then gets serious and he's he doesn't like run away and, and he's got Bruno already there to back him up with fists too if he needs it. But the, a couple of those scenes and a couple of the conversations between the guys don't miss for me. They hit um, the way they share stories and uh, happy things about their lives. Like not all of it is is uh, is garbage. So I don't I don't hate the characters like and and the no, they're likable I don't know, guys. The, and the acting is not not bad in this movie either. Like, uh, I can't say for sure that Curly is an Oscar-worthy role, but I think Jack Palance played a over-the-top menacing 80-year-old cowboy. Um, See, that's the thing. Did they give him that Oscar because he's so fucking old they were surprised that he held it together? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's Apparently, Charles Bronson weird. was up for that role and um, read for it, maybe, or at least got the script. And he was like, nah, I don't want to. And people people guessed maybe that it was because the character dies. And Charlie Bronson was like, I ain't having that. But unfortunately, the Oscar performance was maybe <laughs> looming for, uh, for Mr. Bronson, who hadn't made a good movie appearance since The Great Escape. I think Bronson <laughs> would have been better at this, thinking about that. You think Bronson would be better than Pounce? Pounce is fucking great. I, like, I, like, I don't think I he deserves like an Oscar, this. but he's great. I yeah, guess that, the reason I don't like Pounce in this anymore is because he's he less is more, and there's way too much of him in his speeches. That one scene between him and uh, Billy Crystal goes on for like fucking nine minutes down to when he's one? doing that, like one thing. Like all that shit goes on. Way, there's way too much of that in this movie. Like that shit could have been short into like two or three lines. Are you sure? Because I got to say, I didn't find that stuff to be so long, actually. I, the stuff between Billy Crystal and uh, or Mitch and fucking Curly, to me, was, was okay stuff. I didn't feel like it dragged. It, it was it, interesting. It, takes away. it actually, to me, was a, was a nice reprieve from the rest of the movie being this one-tone comedy thing, which I think was like the 90s or something but yeah but but what what bothers me is it takes away his edge like so you think he's, he has some edge to. and stuff he's like he's like it's like with han solo if it was han solo but then han solo like bared his soul to fucking luke skywalker and he was like it's all about this one thing it would suck you'd be like han's not kind of shitty now he's i disagree cool it adds depth to the character what uh, you find out is that palance isn't just some roving fucking midwest or but western okay. lunatic but what he okay. is what he is is a warrior poet i'm just saying it, what you're saying is true it's okay to have a little bit of it but i just think less is more and there was too much there's just too much of it that's all and i know I was, it's not with, that long I'm, I'm fine with you feeling that way I don't know that I agree, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I just lose the, the mystery of the character. It's just like when the character explains himself to me, I, he, it's the, what he acts and says. To and me, does, that's part of the that's that's great, though, because when he dies, it's I feel like I know that person. Yes, but I'm just saying a little bit. You pull a little bit back like the stuff about the girl he saw standing in front of the thing. You could have all of that stuff. I like that stuff. But then that goes on for like several more minutes after that before he gets to the one thing. Yeah, you I mean, that girl it's, thing, and then you could add the one thing or whatever, but you can't have all of that. I don't know, Johnny. What did you think of all that uh, stuff? That stuff could have been slightly tightened, and you still get the same stuff across from Curly being like going from heart, like heart of 
uh, ice heart, icy cold heart, whatever the fuck, mean right person <laughs> to like having a little bit of humanity in him. And I, I like in certain movies, I'm trying to think of a, a decent example, um, but I like where the the experienced uh, salty people can like take take the main character like or, or certain characters under their wing kind of to protect them like um like be on their side kind of there was a movie it's like jaws we saw that in jaws where quint really liked roy scheider because he knew he was like out of his element and he was like okay now that now that we're gonna get along i'll take care of you but he didn't like brody because he was like this fucking little know-it-all punk thinks he's better than me and yeah. i kind of get i kind of get the sense of that here and and that that if curly had lived he would have like taken um taken mitch under his wing a little bit more so that left me with like a really positive feeling uh curly's in the movie for like a relatively short period of time before he uh, before he dies so it's kind of a uh, it was kind of a smart move because if you kept curly in and he kept getting nicer and nicer then you'd be like who the fuck is this person but yeah, yeah. you kind of get a flash of it because he he lets his guard down it's just him and mitch and then then they're like okay now say bon voyage so it's also um, a huge midway point in the movie like as soon as curly dies everything changes the stakes get raised all of it changes right yeah it's like because he's a protective cloud like as long as curly's there nothing goes wrong and the experience like because all that stuff wouldn't have been a problem anyways cookie would have never got drunk those two assholes would have never tried to kill the cow and and rape that girl or whatever order they were trying to do that um that storm's not a big deal they don't fucking lose the path and have to go down that crazy river shit they probably find the easier path with curly well they definitely do do you know what i mean like everything yeah. bad happens when curly dies yeah you're totally yeah, right th- it all goes totally. out the window that's why it's the midway point like everything now changes and the characters have to make big decisions yeah and big decisions they do make like let's get super loaded and threaten people's lives with a pistol and almost kill a calf in front of our guests Okay. Oh, what did you guys think of the calf birthing scene? Okay, that's it was real. Very explicit. That, that was real. That and was Billy real. Crystal. So not only did Billy Crystal birth that calf on camera, they had several other pregnant, ready to deliver cows standing by in case they <laughs> didn't get. I shit you not. Seriously, you imagine you yeah. have to dress into new clothes and yes, then get all afterbirthed again. Yeah, and you'd be like, oh damn it, I fucking sneezed or something. They'd be like, next. And I, I don't know I don't know how they would have done the calf being birthed backwards because that shit is true like they, they're supposed to come out head first. I wonder not, if they had one. I wonder if they had one good take like that because then it often goes <laughs> we shoot Curly's other side right. All you have to do is do you know what I mean? Take fifty seven. Another one. Jesus. <laughs> He's a bunch of that would have been the easiest. Now. That would have been the easiest <laughs> we shoot because Billy Crystal and the cow aren't in the shot. So all he has to do is say, come out backwards, get it out of there, mm. get it out of there. And then they fucking move on with their day. Because yeah, that I, one was a good take for sure. Yeah. I thought he should have just jumped on its belly. And like the cartoons, mm. if you hit him with a big sledgehammer, it pops right out. <laughs> yeah, you just jump on it. You're like, your butt jump on it. That's a better move, I think. Test yeah. it at least. How many opportunities do you have to test that? <laughs> the fact that Billy Crystal did it, though, is pretty good. I, I look pretty gross. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't gag. Gross. There's no gag take there. Yeah. Yeah, they made that one super clean. Uh, so you all, guys like that, though? Yeah, it's uh, good. I mean, it's, showing the whole cow vagina was probably not necessary. I'm not yeah. offended by it. But it's I, not I what was, I asked for. So that all of that stuff <laughs> is in there to give us Norman. And Norman is a big uh, part of Billy Crystal's future. Yeah, Norman is his uh, Wilson. 
Yeah, Norman's is Wilson. And I have, um, I, I don't kind of like anymore the whole shit with Billy Crystal and Norman in this movie because... Oh, yeah, that's right. There's so many things I wanted to talk about t- with this movie. Um, this is one of them. So basically, he for- seems to forget about Norman an awful lot for how tight they look. So like basically like Norman's his best bud dog, like puppy. It's his new puppy, right? Because Norman seems to like him and he's like feeding it from the bottle and holding it. And it looks so cuddly and fucking cute. Wouldn't you just be all over that shit? Um, so basically, um, Billy Crystal has some like big life decisions to make. And uh, while he's making those, seems to conveniently forget about Norman all the fucking time. He almost yeah. lets Norman drown in the water. Um, yeah. Later on, when the the cows are, he's being told that the cows are being sold. He like seems to be pretty like trying to make his peace with it until Norman kind of comes out of the crowd of cows and comes over to him for a pat, and then he's like, "Oh, right, right." Yeah, what would be the first thing he would do? He'd be like fucking pushing the cows out of the way. He's like, "Where's Norman? You're not getting Norman, you motherfucker!" Yeah. As soon as that guy said that, he'd be like, "Not that one. I birthed that one. That's mine." He's like, and "We'll talk about these others." Yeah, and he's like, "Otherwise, I'll sue your fucking ass." Yeah. So no one's selling Norman for fucking meat. So, I mean, the rest of those cows are going for slaughter. You're not sending a fucking calf to slaughter. He's got at least a year. Billy Crystal knows this. He's fucking well versed in the cowboy ways now. He's like, I'm gonna brainstorm it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. he is. And so it's just they use that actually as like a convenient plot moving device when he sees Norman and he clicks in that you know first of all he has to save Norman so we get that whole fucking action scene down river where Mitch casually throws his jacket off which he'd never recover to swim after Norman and the distance covered. When it shows Billy Crystal first riding down the bank before he tries to rope Norman, like he rode down a good clip. So if fucking uh, Phil and Ed don't see him like right away, like they wouldn't see those guys washing down the river at all. But they happen to look down five minutes later and are like, hey, look, let's go save Mitch. Yeah, none of that works anymore because because of that huge glaring error. Yeah, it's just too much time. He rides too far away. He rides too far away and then goes down river for quite a ways. Yeah. And they yeah. managed to beat the stream and get ahead of him. They even ran along. Seeing him too. would have been um, even seeing him would have been like never impossible. They would have never saw him. They would have heard <laughs> and they'd have looked around, what the fuck is that? And that would have been it. Yeah, it's raining so heavy and all the cows are going moo. The other thing you forgot too was that he forgets Norman when after the rapists try and kill everybody and like get drunk and leave he says well i'm fucking leaving with all these people too and forgets norman again yeah he leaves norman behind he's like i don't like this herd he has a terrible memory yeah it doesn't so it just it it changed my outlook and perception on that whole thing before i was probably just struck of how cute the animal was and it's so weird that someone has a pet cow um but i honestly by the end of the movie um i was like maybe norman is billy's one thing because (laughs) <laughs> I think the guys disagree with me on this, but I thought he was being quite literal because he's like, when I was in the river, I was only thinking of one thing. And I think that one thing was saving Norman. And then the fact that he buys Norman and brings Norman home back to New York or wherever, Chicago, wherever the fuck he's from, means that it wasn't about his family and his kids after all. It was about no, the editor edited Norman. Yeah, well. Now the editor took care of that and maybe no, the director I, too. I think John's right. I think this movie is a love story to cows by Billy Crystal. <laughs> 
Are you guys saying that he like you see that calf suck that calf? bottle? Why do you think Billy brought it home? Because oh, he I wanted. Thought about that. Check this thing. It doesn't have teeth yet. It's the best. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's enough about Norman and and how I didn't like that as much this time around. How about that? Before Daniel Stern was cast, it was going to be Rick Moranis alongside Bruno Kirby and Billy Crystal. But this was the time when, unfortunately, Rick Moranis's wife got sick with cancer, and he pretty much quit acting until I think he's coming back soon in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids thing. So I think it's already out. Nobody watched it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, wish, so I can't say anything bad about that guy, man. That guy's a, that guy's a tank. He's no, the best. Yeah. Better oh, than yeah, him. for sure. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 8 or whatever is going to suck. Yeah, yeah well, that's should, not going to be like him. But Rick Moran is well, yeah. badass. Yeah, so uh, I think Rick I kept Moranis. trying to picture him in this movie, and I don't like all I see is Daniel Stern now. It's hard to picture Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is fucking awesome. I mean, we all fucking love him, especially in Ghostbusters. He's brilliant, right? He can be comedically excellent. But in this movie, all you see is kind of Daniel Stern. I don't know about you guys. That's all I see if I think I about think it. And I feel like Rick Moranis maybe would have been weird in this role. If you think Rick Moranis in Parenthood in My Blue Heaven, he could have, he could have pulled this off. I think My he could have done it. Yeah. It's good points. I, I don't, think so, I'm not saying he couldn't it, have pulled it off. Daniel Stern did really well. Like he he's he freaks out like he should, and I believe he's that he's right gonna. Choice. I believe that he's gonna start killing people when he has the pistol in the tent later on. I believe yeah, he's like losing Rick, it. Rick so. Moranis would have been harder to buy at that part. I think maybe maybe I would have loved to see Rick Moranis's straight um um straight but like uh, vexed person. Don, Daniel yeah. Stern does seem to have a darkness around him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He did. He was like pulling the tears out and he like looked so lost and hopeless, which worked so well for his character because they the did a bunch of shit. The hilarious thing is he just chased his tail all the time. He like was married to that brutal bitch and he cheated on her, understandably, with the Checo girl, right? Yep. And then the Checo girl is like not even a thing. He's just like finds this other girl. It's like the constant things that he's finding salvation in is just always pussy. Yeah. He's got that big it's dick true. energy. He's a tall guy. You're right. It is big dick energy. I think it is. Yeah. And he can handle a firearm. So that's also super sexy. Congratulations to you, Mr. Stern. Uh, what he is couldn't funny, really handle a firearm, though. He was terrible at handling a firearm. Well, he did no have his finger control. on. No. And a, and a cocked Western pistol, I'm sure, would be very unfamiliar to even a seasoned gun holder, uh, gun owner. So but he does empty the gun pretty, pretty um, accurately. So he does a good job of that. I was going to say, though, when uh, Lisa Simpson ends up showing up at Billy Crystal's condo, that was a little bit of a stretch for me this time as well. Not that I want to revisit the, the start of this movie again, because that's that was one of the things that at the end of the day, I felt like it could have been cut much like the. OK, so be, because like it just that's one of the things that was not realistic about this for me. Like she showed up at the the, the guy she slept with once or twice um, and she's going to tell him that she just missed her period, not that she tested pregnant or j- her water just broke. She just needs to come to that party at that time, knowing his wife is going to be there. And I don't think she didn't seem like the kind of girl who was going to like burn the world down. So that stood out to me as kind of peculiar this time around. Yeah, she. Yeah. it seemed like she was doing that on purpose and it, that didn't kind of suit her mannerisms and her meekness. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. So I was reading that Wikipedia just to like, I always just browse the Wikipedia, see what it says, any interesting tidbits. And it's it describes what she does as accidentally um, unveils. But just showing up at that door shows clear intent to fuck shit up. 
Yeah, and to and loudly when say I called. missed my period. <laughs> yeah, and even when she gets I'm called late. On, what are you doing? Even yeah. when she gets called on it, she doesn't like call on the fact she's just exposed like what happened to his wife. She doesn't even blink. She like yeah. just continues on. Like she doesn't even be like, oh my God, that was a mistake. She's like, yeah, yeah, no. I'm 20 years old. I'm she 20. clarifies it was in his car. Like she's like, don't get the facts wrong. We fucked in his yeah. car. Yeah, and then she said, I'm also 20 or whatever. So like yeah. there's, yeah, this is bad writing and bad performances and bad directing because the director should be picking uh, up on this and going, oh, you know what? This doesn't fucking work. Yeah, we noticed a couple of weird bits in the directing. It was pretty noticeable in some of the camp out at night scenes that they were on a stage and not a in the sound outdoors. Stage, yeah, our sets. Um, yeah. But especially <clears throat> funny was when the two cow hands after Curly dies, the two cow hands are drinking and pulling Norman out, and they're standing there, kind of talking to the tent, and you don't know how far away they are from the tent, but you're like, they're probably far enough that they aren't looking directly at six people organized around a tent opening with a bright light inside right but then the camera kind of pans away and the cowboys were like maybe 10 feet away from them so it just and they're all staring and they're all staring at them but they're talking like no one they don't see us if we don't move right they're not (laughs) t-rexes so that that was no and they're all at the tent they're all at the tent door like like it would it would it's like the most it was the most obvious thing that they were doing in the world and they were whispering like they had no idea yeah yeah that that stood out as very bad uh but you know what stood out as awesome was jake gyllenhaal's movie debut oh yeah i got a still yep we should put that i'll i'll find something for the uh instagram oh yeah he'll love that i'm sure and like jake gyllenhaal is like hot as fuck right now so yeah that's not true. A, not a hot kid. I wouldn't have pegged him for the sexy guy. This is a very weird conversation. Isn't it? All right, good. Let's move on then. Uh, let's talk about... <laughs> so I caught something else I commented about that, that at times um, I felt there were things that kind of didn't take me out of the movie. I, I mean, there were things that took me out of it, but the, the phone call from Billy Crystal's um, or Mitch's mom when he recites the whole thing, I was like, it's, it's hilarious, right? Cause seeing her voice coming out of his mouth and he, he mocks her so perfectly. But I thought like, even if that, that happened to you every year at the same time, you wouldn't get like all of the exact mannerisms, like the breathing, the laugh, and then the inhale, uh, which he nails. Right. So I was just like, ah, fuck it. It, it wasn't even really a speed bump. I just noticed it. But then, through looking up things, as I am uh, prone to do, that's that's another true story from Billy Crystal's life. Like, that actually happens to him or happened to him at this time. I'm, I don't know if his folks are still around, but his mom would call him at 5 a.m. and do the story, and he would, like, know it off by heart. Yeah, I mean, and that th- was and a that's, bump for me And that story, that. sorry, Brent, that story is the story of Billy Crystal's birth. Like, that's the story word for word. Oh, in the movie? Yes. Oh yeah, see, and I—that was the first time it got up. The movie got a big laugh from me, so I was on board. Yeah, but I looked for I, the little I really things. I that. I see, remember it too. I remember laughing at it when the first few times I saw the movie. I remember really enjoying that little kind of uh, nod. Uh, yeah. That that this was an ongoing thing, and that he him and his wife was laughing and smiling at it. Yeah, and then the way he talks to his parents are like, "Is she there his with you?" And he's like, "No, like, she's hey having boy, breakfast with her pimp." My ankle hurts. Here's your mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, 
what was I going to say? Uh oh, blanked it. Blankety blank. Oh, I was going to say another one of my favorite scenes that's actually funny is uh, not Mitch doing the parents come to school, um, but the <laughs> the construction worker, that guy. Best. Okay. Best scene, best dialogue in the whole movie. That's the funniest. Yeah. Definitely. That's the part I still laugh my ass off because he is that character all the way down to where Mitch is like stumbling through his story and it cuts over to this guy and he's doing like the jerk off sign with that disappointed look in his face. I've seen like, <laughs> I can think of 10 or 20 movies where that happens and this guy is what everybody should be trying to emulate with a this fucking guy. Yeah, and his speech to the kids and stuff is so riddled with swear words and and horrible things. But not too much so that the teacher just gets more horrified because she can't take back what he just said, but he keeps going on. He calls the woman in the story a stupid bitch in the story, (laughs) and he's talking to like elementary school kids. And he mocks her 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 broken legs. He mocks her (laughs) with her broken legs. It's so awesome. Of course. Yeah, if anyone's wondering, this is the quote from the beginning of the show that John did. Yeah, yeah, of course. What did you say? Of course what? I uh, said, no shit your legs. Of course <laughs> your goddamn legs or something. Yeah, no, no shit your legs. You got a 2,000-pound goddamn crane on them. Yeah. I still yeah. I still quote that one with my brother, Mike. That's, and the fact awesome. that he talks about how he had superhuman strength and he lifts that yeah. fucking thing off. No, yeah, and then he no. goes, so don't walk anywhere because there might not be somebody with supernatural strength around. Like, he just... Thinks that he's he's just portraying this fucking weird supernatural character. Yeah, I love him. And look, we're laughing at it now, just remembering. But unfortunately, like then Billy Crystal goes through his stint, (laughs) which has like a funny kind of monologue. Funny There's in some the funny end. stuff. And it gets funny. But unfortunately, it's only rehashing that he's like down and out on his life, which we got already initially. And we will get it's true. We will get reinforced with us at the Christmas party. You which know what you could do? This. You know and what you he's could at do? Work too. You could cut from you could cut from the airplane to them coming back to Father's Day at school, shorten it quite a bit, take out like a minute or two of that, especially in his shit tighten his shit nice up at the end so you just get the funny bits not that whole opening or whatever then yeah. that would be great that would be great and then then you go to the party where what's her name comes and screams about her kid or she lost mr period or whatever that then you could have sped this shit up yeah i think you really needed to i mean I, at the end of the day i don't even know that daniel stern needed to be having an affair to like give him complicated at home brent issues had a or good a cut too what was that cut brent where uh where oh, the cut Crystal. for me was in that scene with the school where yeah. you open on the construction worker, he tells the story, then they introduce Jake Gyllenhaal's weird teeth, and they say, <laughs> hey, your dad's next, and he tries to lie about what his dad does. You just show Billy Crystal looking a little disgruntled, cut to the fucking next. And then you yeah. cut to the party. You could have yeah. done that shit too. I mean, that's all you would have needed. Um, yeah. to stop, and you got to keep the construction worker. Was the best part of that anyway? Yeah. It, no, and that that that's way <laughs> too funny to take out of the movie. Like you have to keep that shit. Even Somehow if it's weird to have in. it in the movie, you keep it in because that guy's fucking gold. No, no, um, you could. But the way you described it, you could have easily showed Billy Crystal doesn't like his job and his kid is embarrassed by him and he he feels like a schmuck. Yeah, that's but like all we talked you need about, that like, scene to do. 
we're beaten over the head by Billy Crystal's fucking morose and, and depressed yeah, way too right? much, way too much. It's so like, we don't need that much. We already have a fucking strong impression of it when he gets fucked in the ass by that bullhorn at the very beginning. Right. Yep. And that's why I feel like, like the, because the movie takes so long to get going and because you do get beaten over the head with it and stop caring about it after like a bit, like, does that ruin the rest of the movie going forward? It just sets you off on a on a bad road. Right? And it's like long. It doesn't ruin See, that, it's long, too. It's the reason why I'm saying, I said before, with the Jack Palance and, and Curly and Mitch stuff could have been tightened up a bit because I was, like, dying at that point in the movie for some more things to happen. It yeah. just It takes so long to get going that by the time it does, like... You can really feel it in this movie. There's just way too much on the front end. They were trying to be relatable and really get you to dig into the characters, but yeah, totally. I, I, I didn't need any more backstory. No, no. Um, the, the, yeah, go. I was going to say the weirdest thing about any character in this movie is that Bruno Kirby is married to an underwear model. He's a sports salesman. They never say he owns the store, just that he's a sporting goods salesman. And he wears a fucking uh, like a Letterman's jacket with his face on embroidered his own in the face. back. It's so good. So, what underwear model is fucking this guy? Yeah, that was also a thing that bothered me too. This he's just kind of a weird character. At least make he, him own the he, store. He, like he's he like a wealthy guy that owns this fucking sport. He's a ladies' man. Store. In what other movie? Uh, oh, and when Harry met in Sally. Fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he says at some point that the ladies just come on to him and he can't like he's got to beat him off with a stick. Even I think he's he even got the acknowledges. Yeah, when it's in fact it's like secretly stern that they're all pining after. They like that scrawny meat. Um, yeah. Bruno Kirby was like really allergic to horses, but the champ fought it out and like took huge doses of antihistamines every day. Wow, that's so. That's, what did he do commitment. wrong that John Lovitz got his role in the second one? Well, oh, I'm not sure what year the follow-up was. Yeah, ninety-three. Two I years think. later. Two years later. Because yeah. he didn't die. Bruno Kirby died in 2006, I think. Oh, no, is he, he dead? still alive? Yeah. No, Bruno Kirby's dead. He died the same no, year. No, I, I mean, he was, was still alive when the other one yeah, came out. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't know, man. I, 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 don't, I can't honestly say I've ever seen that movie, the second one. I, I think would I have I, seen it, but I, I just I have seen it. I've seen it once or twice. It's trash. Curly's brother is in it. His twin brother or something. Yeah, and it's him. Like yeah, Jack it's Jack Palance again. Yeah, oh no! Uh, yes. Come on, like you can't do that, Hollywood. What are we gonna do? We need Palance. He won the Oscar. Oh, we have him in a flashback. No, twin brother. Oh, that's great. Fuck you. No, this is a perfect chance for his brother to be what's his face that was gonna get that role but turn it down. Um, Bronson. Bronson. This is when you bring in Bronson. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then it's not a twin. Yeah. Are, yeah like, make him a, di- a relative. Like, it, maybe. Or just I another. Know. I don't know that I hate who that. Cares? It doesn't matter I, who I, it I wouldn't is. even Comedy, make the movie. I wouldn't even make the movie. Yeah, but. No, the second one sucks. And what are you guys? So, are you guys ready to call this? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're rolling down. I don't think I had anything yeah. else. I, I, I did want to say, I did want to say, just before you go off here, um, that the people on the horses, all the all the horse stuff in this movie was quite well done. Um, the riding, the way they must have practiced a bunch, um, all that stuff. Like technically, the the was worked out really well. Everybody looked comfortable and did some crazy. Billy shit. Crystal bought his horse after he finished. He liked it so much. Yeah, its its name was Beechnut. I love horse yeah. names. It's so good. Same horse from the second one too. He brings it back. Hey, I, I giving that I horse just, a job. And, and Daniel Stern bought crazy. a ranch. 
He bought a ranch? Yeah, he loved the experience on this movie so much. He bought like a 500-acre ranch or some shit. Must well, that must be nice. Oh. Maybe use this. That's why he had to use City Slickers too. He's like, fuck, I got broke on my range. Of course I'll do it. Tell them I'll do Shoot it. Shoot the, the movie 90s here. was Daniel Stern. He got Home Alone, Home Alone 2, and like fucking Home Alone 3 maybe? And City Slickers and, and City Slickers 2. Hey, so, Curly's yeah, gold. like, I, I'm not going to tear this movie apart or anything. It's just this movie has a lot of writing problems, a ton, too many writing problems for me for it to hold up. Uh, the mo- the first half an hour is hard to get through, and then I don't care as much about the last hour, 15 minutes, because it took so long to get there, I kind of get annoyed. And and then, of course, a lot of the, the bad guys are completely unbelievable. It just, the little, th- it kind of gets worse and worse as it goes along. A lot of the things compound. They, they're just, they're hitting the same jokes. They're, you're not learning anything new. Curly dying is the biggest thing that happens. I do like at the end when he comes back to help the guys and stuff. Like, but then when you get to the scene with the river, that kind of ruins the ending again. And then plus cookies there. Yeah, it just, it gets in its own way. The whole movie, this movie gets in its own way. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. I thought it was going to, too. Well... John, would you like to go or you, shall I? You take it away. All right. Well, Jesus, I don't want to do this. I'm going to say it does hold up. Um, and I talked a lot of shit about it. And it's got a ton of problems. And pretty much the whole first half hour should go. <laughs> but, but it holds up. But it fucking holds up. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because it's not... It's not ruined. It's not terrible. And I enjoy my time. And I think it's because the characters are likable, right? They're relatable. Maybe it's my age. It's that time, right? It's. Oh my God. Brent's like, I'm Billy Crystal. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm way what? past Half Life. Come on. You see the way I live. Um, I, I don't know. It's. To me, it's just I was thinking about it before the show, and I because I always like to get an idea, and then our discussion really helps me decide. But I before I was thinking about it, and I was like, like there's problems and there's things that bug me. But we tend to get a little bit anal with the realism, like the river scene and stuff like that. Like, I mean, realistically, you're supposed to just be able to let stuff like that happen in a movie without overanalyzing it and letting it ruin you. So what he wrote a little bit down. What about the that's rapists? That's not killing the what scene. What about the rapists? The rapists are a fucking legit threat and they end up fucking running them off after a scene where Daniel Stern fucking loses his shit and just about shoots one, right? Because they like, went on a tri- uh, two-week trip with rapists. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Willingly, they paid for it. <laughs> it's the 90s. People were more rapey and they'd yeah, already paid. Guys were, they pre-planned they, it. What are they going to do? Plus, Curly's there. You got to feel a little bit safe. I'm just saying there's there's not without problems there's obviously huge problems in this movie um but i and the thing is is that this was never my movie when i was young and this movie came out i like saw it and i was like that's fine i don't ever need to see that my dad it's not my it's just not my type of movie (laughs) and it's not my favorite movie and i'll probably not seek it out again god damn maybe it doesn't hold up (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm waiting for the butt you're going through Uh, an awful lot of shitty things that you you know, didn't. Ah, uh, fuck. All right, it doesn't hold up, but <laughs> it's not a terrible. It's like sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, 
what the fuck did I just do? Like, I could have done literally anything. I'd rather put cigarettes out of my arm. Like, fucking Titanic, right? <laughs> For like two hours. So yeah. this, I wouldn't rather do that. I didn't feel like I was undergoing pain, right? It's funny. Yeah. We all laughed and had a good time with stuff. There's stuff that's silly and probably too unrealistic. But again, it's just, it's the tone of the movie is consistent enough with that world where you just kind of allow that silliness and those things aren't like the fucking coffee grinder makes the horses stampede. And the fact like, and these oh, fucking I guys being that. a little too rapey <laughs> and like whatever else, you know what I mean? Jack Palance probably being gay and I wasn't whatever else they have. I, you know what? Well, we didn't talk about the coffee grinder scene, but I also didn't like that this time. It's just, it's, it doesn't make sense that in 91, they would have a portable coffee grinder that he brought on a two week road trip. Where your well, fucking mean you luggage don't. is very well, me, fucking limited. Well, me and you don't like it for different reasons. But yeah, I didn't like it either. What, what's your reason? I just thought it was silly. Oh, Jesus. And no, I he find kept, it unrealistic he, that he'd bring a battery-operated and then he, I thought it was unrealistic getaway. that it would cause a stampede and then he would just leave it on the whole time. And then yes. everyone kind of forgave him instantly. He like fucking destroyed the whole fucking camp and ruined everything. And then they're like, eh. And then the next scene, they're all just sitting around the campfire and no one gave a shit. Well, it's not really his we, fault. How the fuck would he know that that little cop? You ever use a coffee grinder? It's, it's a barely, well, no, but it shouldn't. It's a do little that. whirl, right? He's not going to think it, that it, fifty it was cattle weird. are going to lose their shit about it. It was just weird that that did that, unless someone read that that was a real thing that happened that they stole from from someone's real experience. But I thought that was kind of a cheap joke. I mean, the only reason for it was to split up Mitch and Curly, so it got the job done, I guess. Yeah, you could have I mean, had that again. Else, goes though. on too long. That stampede scene. Oh yeah, is oh, way yeah. overdone. Yeah, it's they run. It's almost like they run back and forth and back and forth and goddamn back and forth, like they're fucking corralled. Anyways, yep, I guess doesn't hold up after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't hate this movie either. Like, there's I laughed quite a bit, and there were definitely some funny scenes. Um, I think my curmudgeon. John watched it twice. So yeah, I actually I did. I watched a couple. I watched it like a couple of weeks ago when I knew it was before we knew we were going to do it. And once I saw it, I knew it was something that we were going to have to talk about because this movie, when it came out, made a lot of money um, yeah, and it caught, it caught a lot of attention. And, and I had seen it a couple of times around this time because it, it's like a family friendly movie, basically. Um, there's almost some ball stabbing and life threatening and and the um, raping. Yeah. And, and there's yeah, no actual the Im- raping. The implied. Well, raping. that's true. The implied implied raping. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's implied. implied implied desire to rape yeah well, sure i think that's the same thing yeah i think that's a small microcosm <clears throat> difference but uh, so like i don't hate i don't hate all of this um but the structure is atrocious really and that like put me off especially the second time around i was like maybe the first time i watched it recently it's like i read i read the room wrong or something and i'm like maybe there was a real point to this but yeah this time around I knew everything I needed to know about the main characters. Like ultimately the, the families don't matter. <clears throat> also his one thing that he realizes is that he loves his family. That's like the bare minimum he could fucking do. Yeah. That's like, like what he needed. He's to do. like, Oh my God, I just realized I actually like my wife and my kids. <laughs> it's just like, what? That's the fucking point. He's that's, also, that's what he realized. I think he realized he likes them enough to suffer for them. That, I think, is the one thing. He's like, my life is pretty think, fucking shitty. But I love the people in it enough that I'll just continue undergoing the, this torture true, that is life. 
if that's true, that'll last a week. And then I'll feel like <laughs> shit again. Probably. I'll be like, yeah. this is great. And then all of a sudden, we'll be like, uh, it wasn't. Fuck. He's got he's got Norman to remind him of fucking how bad things could be. And he's got he's Jeffrey got a, Tambor at work to tell him that he's got to shape up. He's a Jeffrey piece of Tambor. Shit. Fucking totally forgot about him. I know we didn't even mention Jeffrey Tambor's in this. Fucking Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor's. All right, in I'm gonna continue. <laughs> I'm gonna continue and keep saying. Um, so there were things I liked, and like Curly and Jack Palance, over the top as he was, was amusing. And I don't know. I, I was I I guess if I could go back I would have changed some of the tone of this movie to make some of the things a little bit more serious so that there was a a little bit more weight and impact of some of the things like the bad guys like I don't know I guess what am I saying because they threatened rape so that's pretty that's pretty heavy so I don't know what I want but ultimately some of the decisions Mitch makes especially Rand Norman uh it's just it's not amazing anymore it's not amazing it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up. The structure is really weird. I wanted it to end badly the second time. I only had a pretty good time because watching movies with these two guys is pretty fucking sweet. Agreed. Yeah. So we have a good time no matter what we're watching. Even if we want to carve out our eyes, um, that makes it more palatable. Not that this movie was that, though. Like, but, I, but that's I wouldn't even tell point. someone not to watch it, right? Especially if you're around a 40-something, you're not seeing this, and you want to watch some guys have a midlife crises of varying impacts, then, yeah, that's fine. There's some heartfelt you can, stuff. You can see why this was popular when it came out, and like it has all the right ingredients and stuff. But like under scrutiny and time, it just doesn't hold up. <clears throat> Billy Crystal's so fucking likable. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's like fine you, in this. Because I bet you, if Billy Crystal's not in this, like you put someone more underwhelming. Oh no way. Um, and this movie like does not clip like it does, because I even see. that scene in the school when he's got that monologue, that monologue with, I'd say almost anybody else is unbearable. But you have someone with his caliber of talent, and like he's got good delivery. He's a fucking comic, right? Yeah. He could be so replaced he can with. It. He could be replaced with Joe Pesci. <laughs> Pesci think could do Joe, that shit. Yeah, Robin Williams could do that shit. But no, John, do Pesci doing it. Why you motherfucker, you? Pesci could totally do it. Pesci could totally do it. You motherfucking You horse. fucking horse. Look at this fucking thing. Jason. Pesci could do the construction worker. Yeah, probably. Uh, Actually, yeah, he probably, he probably could. He probably auditioned for it. This big pipe fit and steam burst. I so that's the other thing too. You motherfucker. I like that guy, the construction worker, so much that I'd rather would have followed him than fucking Billy Crystal. That's not a good sign. Yeah, like, that guy's that going home to cry. He, to feel good about himself, he told a room full of kids that he was <laughs> super superhumanly yeah. strong. Yeah. So that guy <laughs> definitely goes home and fucking you know hates. His I life. okay. I believe that that was a real story. But, like, the way he tells it, I believe that really happened. Well, let me say, uh, tonally, <laughs> our show is weird because we'll talk about that Billy Crystal was too far down river. But you're like, I buy this guy's story. No, but when, I, when he explains how, how moms whose kids are trapped under cars get superhuman strength, and he, he's just saying, that happens to guys too, and it happened to him, and he saved this broad. You know, that's all he's you saying. Son of a bitch, I'm in. And, and then he's I believe saying, it now too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally believe it. <laughs> it's just the way he's telling it. It's so funny because he even says like it's the moral of the story. 
is you don't get your legs crushed because maybe someone's not going to be around with superhuman strength. And don't do drugs. Oh, yeah, and don't do drugs. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, miss. I don't think any of us are saying don't watch this movie. I think we're saying it doesn't hold After up. After the construction scene, you can turn it off. Don't watch Tombstone. Don't watch oh, Tenet. Yeah. Don't watch but Tenet do or Tombstone. But do watch this. Just know that it's not a fucking... It's not a A-plus film. Triple A It's title. not a gem. It's not a gem. That's it. But hopefully we'll find another gem soon. It is fun to kind of tear some movies apart, but... oh. Billy. Yeah, we need some good <laughs> shit. Midnight Express. No, is that what that is? Hey, no, you stupid it's bitch. Cable Guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Do we have oh, we done Cable but Guy? But he's doing that from uh, from the movie where the guys in jail in the tie. Oh yes, yes, which is Midnight Express. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay, okay, good. I am right on the money. Well, everybody else, you're all on the money too. We love you. <laughs> We'll talk to you next time. It'll be coming real soon. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.